Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Just the Fat Man. <laughs> and this week, we are again continuing our journey through Sports Ball 2020. Continuing to talk about football, both professional and otherwise. So much like our last podcast had uh, two weeks worth of games, this podcast will also have two weeks worth of games. Let's talk about the good stuff first and go with AM for the last two weeks. Okay, AM the last two weeks. All right, so AM, you have two games uh, AM versus Arkansas and AM versus South Carolina. So when we played Arkansas, I believe we were ranked number eighth. And when we played South Carolina, we were ranked number seven. <laughs> so okay that week a versus arkansas was a good game what i how i would qualify it is i would say it was two really good quarters one okay quarter and one pretty bad one to be honest if you look at the score just the score it's a 42 uh, arkansas razorbacks 31 so that kind of denotes a seemingly close game but the reality of it the middle of the game was not close of all close at all AM played some pretty amazing football it's coming down to mond and our offensive line mm-hmm. they know how to play with each other and they know how to play well you, you just don't see anybody being able to challenge the offensive line very well you see mond being comfortable in the pocket him taking his time uh, AM's running game Knowing how to use the uh, the blocking capability presented by the offensive line, being able to get through the defensive line, in Arkansas for the second and the third quarters, uh, AM gelled very very well, and the defense was on point pretty well too. The defense has obviously not been doing great uh, this whole year, but they've actually been kind of getting better and better every game. Uh-huh. AM had kind of a not a great start to. The game and Arkansas was able to put some points up and then AM kind of fell apart in the last quarter. And it wasn't so much a I don't know how to put it. It wasn't a falling apart from the perspective of the players. It was like we were we were up enough in the fourth quarter that the people calling the plays just decided, hey, we don't need to play anymore. And so we just kind of ran the ball up the middle for I don't know how many plays in a row. And, you know, we'd get beat and eventually the ball would get turned over. And, uh, I mean, the solid truth is our defense isn't that good. I mean, they're okay, but they're not fantastic or anything. Right. Or at least they weren't in that game. So that was kind of the story of that game. A&M looked really good. For at least three quarters, you know, two quarters, they looked phenomenal, fantastic. But for the last quarter of the game, they just they didn't look good at all. They didn't look like they were playing very well. They they were just they they kind of took on that ultra conservative um, approach to the game, which A and M players or A and M long term A and M fans don't like. And the reason we don't like it is because we had a lot of coaching in the past that was ultra conservative. You know, for me, my AM fandom began during the reign of the like longest coach we've ever had in AM's history, which was R.C. Slocum. And Slocum began his career as the defensive coordinator under our the guy who actually took us the furthest <laughs> <laughs> that coach. 
his nature was always defensively minded and we had an amazing, you know, defense, like a wrecking crew, right? Right. You know, was what we used to call it. And and our defense was always fantastic, but our offense was always terrible. Like we literally ran the same plays over and over and over again. It was, you know, my dad used to call it, it was, he had a song, it was up the middle, up the middle, pass, punt, up the middle, up the middle, (laughs) pass. You know, we would go three and out constantly even though we had decent talent on the offense. So that's kind of the story as far as our reluctance to to play a real kind of close game. So let's see. Was that a safety? I know I have to bring up the safeties all the time, but, but it's because they just <laughs> keep happening. That's a little concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Football safety shouldn't happen like almost at all. I know at college it's a different level, but – and even at college, it's really not that commonplace. <laughs> yeah, in general, the game looked pretty good from a and standpoint, but it still was not watching us kind of fall apart at the end was not fun. And, and it was concerning from a lot of different perspectives. So that but that was that ball game. You know, I, I never felt like during the Arkansas game that we were going to lose or that there wasn't even even a chance that we were going to lose. It just didn't look as pretty as you would like if you had to face a better team. Yeah. And, and the truth is, I really stopped paying attention a lot in the fourth quarter <laughs> because of how well we were doing. But, you know, when I did, I was like, OK, we're not we don't look as good as we did as I thought we were supposed to. So. I don't really remember any other like big or crazy plays. If I remember correctly, this was the largest football game attendance nationwide and for college football so far this year. Uh-huh. It was 20, I think 27,000 fans. So uh-huh. largest attended game. And that's less than a quarter of what the stand. The same holds like 120,000 people. <laughs> it's like, and they kept bringing that. I was like, yep. And this is the largest uh, attended football game. 20-something thousand people. That's 2020 for you folks. <laughs> you know, the commentators just kept bringing that up. There were a lot, a lot of missed field goals. Ooh, that's bad. That was kind of the story for Pittsburgh, too. We'll get to that later. But, yeah, overall... It was a decent game. Considering we're ranked where we are, it was uh, having us kind of fall apart in the fourth quarter. It's very much like, yeah, like I, I get everybody below like the top five or six. It's real questionable as to why the, why the F they're there. Like why is Cincinnati ranked number seven or, or six or whatever? <laughs> why is Marshall in here? Why is, you know, BYU in here? But the reality is the top guys, Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, you know, they're there for a reason. Ohio State, they're great on both sides of the ball and they play the whole all four <laughs> quarters. And so if you can't do that, it's concerning. And the reality was the Arkansas game. That's what was disappointing about the Arkansas game. I mean, from what I could tell from what the little stuff I saw was that it was a solid game that, like you said, there was no chance of us losing it, which is great to see us, you know, bumped up from that week, eight to seven. When we talk about this past weekend, it's really good to see that. Again, it's one of those, we're going to go, yeah, that's uh, that's COVID 2024. Yeah. And you know what? We don't care. A win's a win. <laughs> we're going to take it. It still counts. <laughs> yeah. It's slowly over time. There's three kind of newcomers to our offensive arena, Spiller, Smith, and Weidemeyer. So Spiller and Smith, they're both uh, running backs. And and although Smith, both Spiller and Smith have been wide receivers <laughs> several times. Uh, and then Weidemeyer is the tight end. And their ability to gel with Kellen Mond has been fantastic. Uh-huh. They've been kind of getting better and better about that as the season has progressed. But I think this is when... 
things really started to gel well. So that's about all for that game. So then this past week against uh, South Carolina. So this game was us just being dominant. Which is unusual <laughs> when it comes to South Carolina, because normally South Carolina tends to play us a little tough. So, uh, yes-ish. I, I, I don't know. South Carolina is having a weird year. <laughs> I think the week before this, South Carolina got beat by LSU like 52 to 24. Earlier in the season, they managed to beat Auburn. And Auburn's supposed to be pretty good, but they're I guess they're not that good. <laughs> they're not ranked. <laughs> and they're not ranked very high anymore. So... I, but it was the same thing. Like Mississippi State came out really strong in their first game, and then they haven't been worth anything since then. So I, it's hard to say. But yeah, we were we were pretty much utterly dominant over South Carolina. Basically, those two quarters that we had against Arkansas was the entire game that we had against South Carolina. There were plays that didn't go well on the offensive side of the ball. There were plays that didn't go well on the defensive side of the ball. But honestly, the defense looked better this game than I've seen them look all year. They consistently stopped South Carolina. South Carolina managed to get a single field goal. That was their only score. The final score was 48-3. to So you can tell they didn't do great on defense. <laughs> the real big concerning thing with this game was Spiller. Because you have Weidemeyer, Spiller, Smith, and you got another guy, Lane. I think they were calling him Speedy on this game because he's he's small, but he is fast. So he's one of those guys. Spiller, every play, he did amazing. But every play, he took longer to get up until like, and I think we were in the fourth quarter, and it took him 30, 40 seconds, maybe a whole minute before he got up. You know, it was a medical. Medical team came out, and they, he walked off with them into the tent and everything. And so none of that bodes well. And for his sake, I hope they didn't under-treat him or anything, um, because the reality is we need him for later, and we need to keep him healthy for his own career's sake. But I was kind of of the opinion at that point that we should stop using him. Like, like just save him. <laughs> save him for later. Like, we're going to need him against like against LSU and Auburn. So if we could save this guy, that would be the best thing. And Speedy kind of, that's that's Lane. I think it's Lane number two. He, he kind of came in and sort of filled the gap. But the reality is, even without Spiller... Both Smith and Weidemeyer especially kind of shown in this game <laughs> as, as the tight end. We literally, like our first two drives that we got down to the red zone, we literally ran the same uh, scoring play twice in a row. Like we that was the scoring play of the first drive and it was the score. And what it was is Weidemeyer set up on the on the right hand side of the formation as a as a blocker. You know, as a as an extra lineman, effectively, and he sort of you know pushes, and then he runs to the left side of the field, and then into the end zone, and Mon just throws the ball to him. We did that again, <laughs> the second time we did the drive, and <laughs> South Carolina wasn't able to stop us. Well, so then this begs the question: You're saying how good the defense looked? Was the defense actually that good, or was South Carolina? that bad so that's that's the problem we don't know like I, my bet is south carolina is pretty bad uh -huh. and so you know you can walk away from the game thinking okay the decent defense are superstars and 
I don't really think that's the case, but I think I think two things are starting to happen on the defense. I think they're getting more confidence. Uh-huh. So I think they're able to play better because of that. They're looking more like a team, like a cohesive unit, like they're playing cohesively. Uh-huh. And you're starting to see individuals on the defense pop out uh-huh. and be able to make plays and you can tell okay this guy he's probably going to take the quarterback down (laughs) you know (laughs) like you have guys who are starting to really show themselves as able to to really play on defense but then again that could just be because South Carolina was awful Speaking to that, about the last half of the fourth quarter on the offensive side of the ball, we played with our second string. I don't know if it was the second string offensive line, uh-huh. but it was the second string everybody else. <laughs> like, like none of our starting wide receivers or running backs <laughs> or and our quarterback. We were using our second string quarterback, who some people are affectionately calling Johnny Football 2.0. <laughs> 2.0. To be honest, in the plays that I've seen, he looks pretty sharp. Against Alabama, the four plays that he did where he ran the ball himself, he managed to get a first down pretty much every time. It was when he threw the ball into the end zone that it got caught <laughs> by by a guy wearing red instead of a guy wearing maroon, <laughs> you know. But in this game, he looked fantastic. And he, he got a touchdown, and his receiver was a second-string receiver, too. So it was... <laughs> It was all, it was great, (laughs) you know, but then again, we're playing against South Carolina's first string defense. And so, (sighs) so the way that sounds to me, and it's a little concerning is that A&M's goodness or badness is only presented through the lens of the opposing team. Like you can't look at what they're trying to do and say definitively whether it's good or bad. It's just whether or not it worked in that particular game. Right. Which, I mean, I know some people out there would be like, oh, well, duh, but it's, but no, there, there are times where you can have good plays and you're playing against such a good team that it just didn't work, but it was a good idea, you know, and you executed it well. I mean, stuff like that happens. But it, it sounds like these last couple of games and then like you were saying against Alabama, like nothing definitive about the AM team was made. And that's just the problem of this year. Right. Right. It's hard to say any individual game. How good was my opponent? And what does that say about me? Uh-huh. What I can say is game over game, it appears we're looking better. It appears we're more cohesive as a team. It looks like even our backup guys are good. It looks like our defensive line is starting to make, starting to actually be a force to be reckoned with. You know, and our offensive line is good no matter kind of who you uh, talk to. But is that because all of that stuff is happening or is that because every team we successfully play is worse than the last team (laughs) or or is it both? Like, are we playing, you know, are we playing successively crappy teams and we're just getting much better at playing those crappy teams? Uh And if you put us against a a big boy, do we go down hard? The problem is that we won't like LSU looks awful. <clears throat> in a lot of respects. Yeah, they beat South Carolina 52 to 24, but we beat South Carolina 48 to 3. <laughs> like and LSU got slammed by I think by Mississippi State who we beat 28 to 14 pretty handily. So Right. And South Carolina beat Auburn. Right. And so Auburn doesn't look that good this year. So even the two kind of bigger teams we're going to play, LSU and Auburn, I don't even think we we get told playing those teams 
as to whether or not we look really good. I think that's something that if we make it to the college football playoffs, that that, that we learn it there, which is not a place you want to learn it. <laughs> but, you know, also, hey, if we made it to the playoffs, I'd be pretty happy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was, a, you know, South Carolina was just kind of A&M being ultra dominant as to whether that's South Carolina being terrible or, or A&M being awesome or a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but I, I am hopeful and I, I'm hopeful now and I'm a little less terrified of next year when we lose our entire front line because at least our quarterback can scramble. (laughs) So let's talk about the Browns so I can shut up for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So this past week they didn't play anybody. They had a bye week, which was nice because that downtime allowed us to um, clear up a few things, but uh, I'll go back to the week before we played Las Vegas. So this was a quintessential Cleveland mistake by the lake kind of game. Weather was crappy. It was extremely windy. It was going to be bad for kickers, and it was mostly for them, but it was bad in the way that nobody played well. Las Vegas, for some reason, it's a weird team this year. They were able to beat Kansas City, of all Kansas City being like a super good team. They are, you know, as far as rankings are concerned, probably still the number one team this year, with two and three being Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, both of which teams are in the Browns division. But in this game, just for whatever reason, nothing clicked. Receptions were bad. Our one good running back just didn't do well. And it just nothing seemed to click. And we, we lost that game, I want to say, either 16-6 to 6 or like 16-3. to 3. Uh, So it was low scoring, and that's how bad that game was. I mean, I really couldn't say much more about it than that, other than some of these injuries just keep flaring back up. Jarvis Landry's just like, I, my rib still hurts. And we, we thought for a second that uh, Baker Mayfield was hurt, but thankfully that hasn't happened. They're both in playing condition. And then we just found out over the weekend and today that our number one running back, Nick Chubb, he's coming off of the injured list. So we'll have both of our all-star running backs and hopefully our one good all-star receiver is feeling better. So... It happens with Cleveland. We come to the halfway point in Cleveland season where they're five and three. I couldn't tell you when the last time they were five and three with a winning record at the half point of the season and having any hope to go to the playoffs. But here we are. So it's obvious that they're getting better and they're working it out and they're figuring it out. And so and Miles Garrett, thankfully, he, he's he was a little shaken up during that last game, but uh, he apparently he's fine. See, so we play. Houston in Cleveland this upcoming weekend, and they just got done playing Jacksonville in a close game, which is a little disappointing for me. Uh, I was watching some of that game, and I was kind of hoping that it would give me some insight as to uh, how things were going to go, seeing as how we're going to play both of those teams this year. But it really didn't. It just both teams seemed to whack at each other pretty good, Houston and, and Jacksonville. So I'm hoping that Cleveland just has gotten it together and treats Houston like a serious team because they can't afford to take any team lightly. They should win all but three the rest of the season and finish the season 10 and six, which is phenomenal for Cleveland. If nobody understands the Cleveland Browns and, and their history, 10 and six, they haven't been 10 and six in, in over a decade. So no reason to celebrate in Cleveland. This is a year to be really, really optimistic. We got three easy teams coming up. Houston, Jacksonville, and Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is just sucking wind this year. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they are. We'll talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, hopefully the next couple of weeks I'll have a little more to talk about Cleveland and hopefully all of it positive. They're, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on. A definitely a team to start thinking of as a real football team. Again, they haven't been talked about that for a long time. So as Browns fans, we're a little thankful for that right now that people aren't just making jokes of us. <laughs> <laughs> For once. <laughs> For once. Aw, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Going to the Cleveland Browns is nice. Just don't get football, Marge. No, it was the it was the Denver Broncos. I know it was the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I know very well that it was the Broncos. Yeah, you just don't understand football, Marge. <laughs> Guy just keeps getting hit in the head by the ball. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go over a couple things from last this weekend, this past weekend's um, not A and M game, but college ball in general. We had some interesting matchups um, that were a lot closer than I think people thought they were or went a completely different way. The first one, Texas and West Virginia. Texas ended up winning that game, but only only by four points. Uh, it was 17 to 13. So that was surprising. I really wish West Virginia had pulled it out, but, you know, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> big, big, I don't know what you call it, upset was uh, – actually, there were two – one was Florida, Georgia. So uh, Florida coming in ranked less than us. So we were seventh coming into this weekend. They were they were eighth because we beat them. And Georgia was in the top four. Oh wow! I want to say or or top five. They were. I think they were either fifth and Florida dominated them. Huh. It was forty four twenty eight. Now part of the problem is Florida's defense is not that great, which is how we <laughs> beat them. <laughs> but. Georgia only scored 28 points off of that. Florida managed to score 44. So 44-28. Trask was just able to manhandle Georgia's defense effectively. Anytime they thought they had him in a tight spot, he was able to break out. So Florida just manhandled Georgia. So the rankings this now after after that game, Georgia's dropped to 12. Right. Uh-huh. And Florida is still behind us at six. But that's part of the reason where we got, we got bumped up to five. Uh-huh. Now, the other reason is because of the Clemson Notre Dame game. This game was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this was a shootout and it was a shootout that was a lot closer than I think a lot of people thought was going to go. Clemson was number one coming into this. Notre Dame was number four. This game goes into full shootout mode in the third quarter. <laughs> Basically, it goes one-to-one from that point on <laughs> into overtime. Notre Dame is able to, I want to see, field goal? No, they were they are able to score the touchdown in the last 10 seconds going into forcing an overtime. Uh-huh. I think they're tied at like 30-something, 30, 30-something. 30 first overtime, Clemson gets the ball first, goes down, scores a touchdown. Kicks the extra point. Notre Dame gets it. Uh, they Clemson literally scores that in one one play. <laughs> and something to note about this: Clemson is not playing with their superstar quarterback from last year. The Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is out this game, but their backup guy doesn't look bad. I mean, he is making plays. Right? Uh-huh. He does not look bad at all. And so they make that. Uh, Notre Dame takes a couple more plays to score, but they ended up scoring on their first overtime. Second overtime comes, Notre Dame gets the ball first, they make their touchdown, kick the extra point, Clemson gets stopped. Notre Dame's able to stop them, 
Notre Dame wins the game. Huge, huge celebration. The whole field gets stormed by all the Notre Dame kids. Everybody's freaking out because, because <laughs> you know, nobody's practicing social distancing at this point. <laughs> but huge, huge end of this game because Notre Dame, you know, they were number four. And it's hard with Notre Dame because they kind of they're, – they're not part of a conference Nope. Um, they sort of make their own schedule. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times they end up having a schedule that looks pretty padded. Like they played the ACC a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Clemson being the one good team in the ACC, they're actually playing a number one team. And so this was a big deal. This was a big test. Like this was them saying, okay, are they actually as good as everybody thinks they are? Mm-hmm. And the answer is very clearly yes. So walking out of this game, now Notre Dame is ranked number two and Clemson is ranked number four. <laughs> and we're number five <laughs> after Clemson. Right. So that's that's where things stand. So the, I just wanted to go over those games because they were pretty big factors from the weekend. And the whole reason we're able to get up as high as we are is because Georgia fl- fell as far as it did after playing uh, Florida. And that just shows why winning certain games is crucial. I mean, if we hadn't beat Florida, Florida would be five. Right. And we would probably be ranked somewhere in the lower 20s, I guess. <laughs> or not <laughs> For ranked. whatever reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Which is why it's such a bummer that this week's game was postponed. Because you don't want to be knocked down those rankings because of COVID stuff, which is what's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, so for our listeners, uh, A&M won't be playing. A&M's uh, game has been postponed. So A&M versus Tennessee as well as LSU versus Alabama. Both of those games have been postponed due to COVID, several people popping positive on COVID in the A&M organization and in the LSU organization. Interestingly enough, if you want a conspiracy theory this, <laughs> they both played the Gamecocks pretty recently, A&M last week and LSU the week before that. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh-huh. And yet, surprisingly, the Gamecocks haven't contracted anything. As far as I know. Uh-huh. Hard to tell with this kind of stuff. So we're going to be missing a game. So this coming weekend, no A&M game, no Alabama or LSU. Well, I guess Alabama could still play somebody, but I don't think they'll switch it around. So delay. And I get your point that it, it could have an effect on our standings. Then again, like Ohio State has played like three games and they're still being ranked in with people who have played like seven <laughs> at this point. <laughs> well, that's kind of my point is that, you know, that the, the whole ranking system's a little. F- but yeah, well, it's, it's always been jacked up and then it's even more jacked <laughs> up right now because nobody's even playing the same number of games. Right. <laughs> <sighs> so. So I probably have to talk about the Cowboys now. Huh? What a foobar. Speaking of what a foobar. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. How about them Cowboys? Last we left off, the Cowboys had been demolished somehow by the by the Washington football team. And the way I, I talked about that game, it was like watching a bad NFL team beat a bad college team. <laughs> The Cowboys-Eagles game was like watching a decent college team just murder an okay high school team. (laughs) (laughs) The Cowboys had almost no cohesiveness at all in the entire game. It didn't seem like anybody was talking to each other, like anybody was trying to work together. 
This was true on both sides of the ball. So the Eagles won the game 23-9. to The only reason the Eagles didn't get more points than they did was because of how bad the Eagles are. <laughs> I think he threw two or three interceptions to the Cowboys that game. Uh-huh. You know, we just couldn't capitalize on them because that's how bad our, our offense was playing. It was sort of like as bad as the Eagles are. The Cowboys were somehow worse. <laughs> and, and I was saying the whole time I'd be watching the Eagles and I'd watch their defense stop and I'm like, yeah, the Eagles really suck. And then I'd watch our offensive play and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're awful too. <laughs> but they're they're bad. And so it was, like, it was like watching a slap fight between two, two a high school team and a college team. It was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Somebody catch a ball. Yeah, catch a ball. Ball. It's like watching two. Oh yeah, yeah. Greased <laughs> up deaf guy <laughs> playing football. So that was the Eagles Cowboys game. I don't. I'm not even going to get into highlights because it's not even worthwhile. I don't. <laughs> like I said, there were several turnovers on both sides of the ball. Nobody played well. Everybody was just awful. And as bad as that game was. <laughs> and then we walk into the Steelers, and I'm expecting, okay, do I even want to watch this game? Because the Steelers <laughs> are just going to obliterate the Cowboys. <sighs> They're just monsters. And lo and behold, it turns into a game. Somehow, <laughs> the Cowboys on both sides of the ball managed to put a team together. <laughs> now, this comes with not two... Not three, but our f- our fourth new quarterback <laughs> in five games. Is it Garrett Gilbert? Yeah, it's Gilbert. Ah, he was a backup quarterback for the Browns up until recently. Yeah, I think up until we took him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, until you guys took him. And he's from Texas. He played uh, for Oklahoma like a year or two before Baker left Oklahoma, so they knew each other well. But we didn't have the space on the roster because of COVID-19 to keep him, so um, he ended up with the, the Cowboys. Yeah, so he comes in, and everybody's like, okay, you know, Danucci looked awful in the one and a half games he played. Uh, Dalton didn't look good either. Mm. So it was like, okay, you know, all right, so we're under our fourth quarterback now. What's this going to look like? (laughs) But apparently this guy's able to, like, actually have the offense play like a team. (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised. We played well. Pollock, especially, he's one of the running backs, number 20. He played phenomenal, which is surprising because the honest truth is neither him nor Zeke have been able to do much this entire season. In part because we have just a terrible front uh, offensive line. Uh-huh. So I don't know what happened if they were just, okay, we have to deal with the fact we have a bad offensive line or if the offensive line started playing cohesively, which would have changed the name of the game there. But they played well. And they didn't play great, right? Obviously, they still lost. <laughs> um, so there was plenty of, you know, three and out or, you know, stalled drives or what, what have you. But they, they managed to get touchdowns and they managed to play well. The same thing on the other side of the ball. So, what's the Cowboys' current record? I think we won one game. <laughs> huh. So we lost against the Rams. We won against the Falcons. Lost against the Seahawks. Won against the Giants. And we're two and seven. Two and seven. So looking ahead to their season, <clears throat> the rest of their season, and what they need as a team, you honestly have to think at this point: Do you tank the rest of the season, or do you try to win as much as you can? 
because it looks like you have a potential quarterback here, which may solve many of your problems. Right. Yeah, that's the question mark. Because the reality is, if we have a, a good quarter, you know, a decent quarterback, then then our real problem is our our offensive line. <laughs> right. You can potentially get rid of a high priced quarterback in in Dak Prescott and use the money to build the rest of your team. On top of which, you can get more draft picks and negotiate for more draft picks. You're halfway through the season. You don't want to say, you know, tank for a whole season, you know, it's a long season. But at the same time, this is now the time to kind of start making those determinations, you know? Yeah. I think the honest truth is, you know, we, we played decently against the Steelers. And and I got to say, the, the refs were very much on the side of the Steelers in this game, mm. especially the third, fourth quarter where things were looking real tight. And it still came down to the last, I mean, the last play was the Cowboys passing into the end zone from maybe 30 yards out. Uh And if they had gotten a touchdown, they would have won the game. Uh So it was, it was close down to the very last of it, but it seemed like uh, all of the Steelers drives were being helped by the refs at a pretty good pace, Uh including one call of a necessary roughness where uh, you had a defender, a Cowboys defender who was on top of the uh, the guy from the the Steelers who had carried the ball and he was trying to get up and the Steelers guy had his hands all up in the, the Cowboys guy's face. Mm-hmm. The Cowboy guy was just trying to get up off of him, but he couldn't you know do it because the guy's hand was all and he slaps the guy mm-hmm. <laughs> to get him to lower his hand so he can stand up and that gets called personal foul. And so that that's it. So it was stuff like that. Pretty much any time Roethlisberger put the ball in the air and it didn't get caught, then it was called a uh, um, pass interference. Uh-huh. You know, so the Steelers would get their 15 yards and their first down. I didn't. I didn't like how much the refs decided to play this game. It was unfortunate. Oh yeah, something kind of funny from the Eagles game that I forgot to mention was that uh, we had two. Just beautiful, amazing receptions made by Cowboys in the end zone. And both times they were turnovers. <laughs> the, the Eagles threw, I can't remember the name of their quarterback, but he threw the ball just perfectly. Was it Sam Donald? Yeah, I don't remember. But it was just perfectly for our defenders to receive the ball. <laughs> like it was, it was amazing. <laughs> So, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, well, hey, at least somebody on our team can uh, can make amazing receptions in the end zone. <laughs> Too bad he plays on for the defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as far as, um, as the rest of the season, you know, I don't know. I You know, we've had one decent-looking game since all of the craziness with our quarterback started. Uh-huh. And I don't know if anybody has any expectations on what's going to happen after this. So... I mean, I think everybody's expression expectation is for us to continue to play terrible. So, so I don't even know how you throw it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the Cowboys. There, I mean, it's a, like a little ray of sunshine. Uh, it would have been nice if the refs had let them uh, uh, defeat the Steelers because I think that would have been great for both teams. <laughs> and you know, nobody ever likes getting beat by the Steelers. Just that's just how things are. Oh, there were three. There were three interceptions in the end zone. Good golly. And <laughs> we still got beat. <laughs> that's how bad we are, folks. So, yeah. So, that's the, the Cowboys not looking great. 
The A&M's looking pretty awesome. The Browns looking like an okay team, decent team maybe even this year. And an incredibly tough division. Yeah, it's like you guys got the the death division and we got the, you know, everybody's awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner, first overall draft pick, you know, the, now the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, appears to actually be a NFL-worthy quarterback. So in the next year or so, you could see that the AFC North has four teams that are playoff worthy <laughs> that have to face each other twice a year. So like you said, a, a death division. <laughs> and that's a good callback to the port. You remember the World Cup We're playing Puerto Rico. We all walk into that game thinking, you know, there's no way we'll win this. And at the very end of the game, we're winning it like two to one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or or we're winning, you know, even even like the last 15 minutes of the game, we're winning two to zero. And Puerto Rico comes back and scores. And then then it's just the last minute and a half of the game, Puerto Rico manages to score again. And we end the game tied. And we're all just like super pissed (laughs) off. We went into the game expecting to lose. And now we're pissed off that we're tied. That's that's the Steelers Cowboys game. Like we went in expecting to lose. Now I'm pissed (laughs) off that we didn't win. (laughs) The unfortunate part about it is like if you actually follow soccer, a tie isn't bad. A tie against a team that you're supposed to lose to is like, hey, that's a win. (laughs) And that was the thing about that that World Cup. We were in the death division. It was like us in Puerto Rico and like Germany and Spain. It was like, like, well, we're not making it out of the first round. (laughs) You know, and the tie actually, I think, let us go on to the next round, which I think we got beat in that round. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see about. We'll see what next week brings. Looking forward to it. Next week we play Houston. Hopefully that's a win. Yep. We'll take the Texas Cup. Texas Cup. Well, we will have bought, uh, beaten both Texas teams. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> eh, anything's a thing when you make it up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's football, folks. It's a. It's a game. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that was sports ball this uh, this past two weeks. Yep. So appreciate you listening to us. Remember, we have a website, patentthefatman.com. If you want to go there and leave your comments, we're uh, Patreon too on uh, Patreon, Pat and the Fat Man. If you want to uh, support the podcast, you have our eternal gratitude as well as other special stuff that we post there, sometimes entire episodes, sometimes uh, teaser trailers and and other things. So if you want to access that stuff, go over to the Patreon and become a fan or a big fan or a huge fan. Or Special hello to our new Patreon member. Oh, yeah. Kelso. Yes, Kelso. Thank you very, very much for your for your sponsorship. So yeah, if you if you actually sponsor us, we will say your name <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> so and I'll officially declare it. I think we have two fans now, two whole fans. So everything's coming up, Mill. That's right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so appreciate you listening to us, folks. This has been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. Go Browns. And uh, shout out to, um, what is it, Travis, that just recently shouted out at us uh, on Facebook? Yes. Yeah. That's Kelso. So. Oh, that's this. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Huh. That's Kelso. <laughs> that's not embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs>